infinite ammo. All right, so before we start this podcast, there is an honorable mention I wanted to illustrate that I don't think was brought up in the podcast, but it's when developers have unlockables where you could play the classic games inside of the modern game. So if you boot up NARC on PS2, you can play the original arcade version of NARC. If you decide to, you know, uh, get Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks, you can play the original Mortal Kombat 2 once you beat Shaolin Monks if you get Metal Gear Solid 3 subsistence you will be able to play the MSX versions of Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake they don't make them like they used to they don't have unlockables like that anymore usually stuff like that is DLC or sold separately if the medieval remake can do this stuff then I'm pretty sure that mainstream developers also can do it too now let's continue on to this podcast greetings everyone this is the infinite ammo syndicate and we are doing an ias podcast special on the discussion of unlockables and cheat codes in gaming so first i'd like to introduce my panel we have ghoul world order yo what's good everybody next up we have daybreaker how's it going everybody next up is cal shishio how's it going Next up is Dr. Blue. Season's greetings. And we're gonna get right into it with question number one. So number one is, what was your first reaction to the initial discovery of cheat codes? What made them memorable as soon as you saw them? Who wants to go first? So uh, I'll I'll start if that's okay. Um, I remember I first encountered cheat codes back when I was playing GTA San Andreas, which was God knows how many years ago. And they had all these uh, like jetpack cheats and like uh, there was like specific um, like codes to the jetpack. I think it was like L1, L2, R1, R2. It's like up, down, left, right, up, down, left, right. Um, And they would have them. What made them memorable is they have them like kind of in a similar pattern, uh, some of them, and like, you know, so you can you can have your have your little cheat sheet, but once you've like some of them are just really easy to remember because um, they've got like a pattern to them. Um, and my as far as my initial reaction, I was like, hell yeah, I can fly around in a jetpack. What is this? I think my first discovery to cheat codes was the whole Konami code thing because they used to always put that in like all their games like Contra and uh to get extra lives you know and it's unfortunate because i think the creator just recently passed away so rest in peace but uh it's it's one of the most memorable ways i got into it by finding out those through the konami code and getting extra lives and also uh things like game genie i saw like heads up displays for game genies in the store and i always wonder oh what were they they were ways to get cheat codes on a pacific console and also i think the mortal kombat blood code as well because that game initially did not have blood on the genesis so you had to put in the cheat it will turn red MK will come up and it would be like the coolest thing ever. You have like blood and gore immediately available in this game, and it was a very like cool way to do it. Um, if the game was like Nintendo. initially, yeah, it was a censor by Nintendo, which I couldn't stand. Sweat, but still, I'm glad they had that option on the Genesis. So that's how I got introduced. From there, I started reading up on like magazines, and there was actually a show on G4 called Cheat. They used to host that all the time, and that's how I used to cheat for like San Andreas a lot. So that's my experience done. Anyone else? Um, I, I want to say, uh, from my recollection, my introduction into cheat codes primarily started with the N64. Um, 
I want to say GoldenEye was probably the first experience because we used to rent that game a bunch from Blockbuster so people would already have a bunch of the cheat codes already unlocked for like the DK mode where it made everybody's heads really big or giving you the ability to dual wield rocket launchers and things like that. But the one the one code that I remember most was from Jet Force Gemini and that's the Rainbow Blood code. So instead of just the typical green blood that the aliens spew, you kill them and they explode in a sea of colors. And it was pretty, pretty interesting. And that always stuck out to me as something unique because that was like the first time I'd ever really seen something of that nature. So when I started like learning about these, like I remember spending countless hours in my school's computer labs, looking up codes and printing out cheat sheets. Basically, I, I think I have it still this this huge binder full of just old cheat codes for for various games for various platforms. Hi, how's it going? Sorry, I'm late. Hey, a new challenger has arrived. Dom, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is BioDevil underscore Dom. And I'm here, very tired, ready to talk about cheat codes. Yeah, he was asleep the whole time on some Asian pornography. Let's get started. How uh, did you know? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a lost prophet, I guess. Look at he's in your no, house. I, I, I kid. I, I, uh, I kid. Uh, but no, I actually, actually, I went to go grab a drink and, yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, what? I don't have the doc actually. Is it? Is it pinned? It should be right. It is pinned. The first question we're on is like our initial discovery of cheat codes. What made them memorable in your opinion? Oh, um, so actually, I what made them memorable for me was like uh, back in the day. Uh, do you guys remember those like cheat code books that they used to like give out? Yeah, Game Pro, PlayStation Magazine, yeah. etc. Yeah, so like Grand Theft Auto and all that. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, the, and they would have like the ones where like, oh, uh, like, one thousand cheat codes for like PlayStation Two, original Xbox, GameCube, uh, Game Boy Advance, and stuff like that. Um. So I remember those quite fondly, but, um, also too like, back in my time, like. Uh, we would just use like uh, I think it was called like I think the site was called Game Winners. I'm not sure if it's still like if that web domain is still even up anymore. But there's a site called Game Winners, and that's how I used to like just find like all these like various cheats for certain games. And um, probably the one that I remember quite a bit is the uh, the Devil May Cry three cheat code, where it basically gave you every single unlock right off the bat because mm -hmm. um, it was just one of those things where if you did it you you got everything on the ps2 version if i remember right you could actually save but on every subsequent release uh specifically for the hd remaster you could not save and it would not let you get i think it like prevented you from getting like trophies and stuff like that so it's a very interesting change of capcom to do that's also like a question later about how they lock out your achievements and trophies if you put in like cheat codes. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's a FYI. Uh, I, I, you're making me feel old now because I remember like game winners from like my teenage years. Holy shit. Oh, are we? Um, I just I gotta ask, are we gonna talk about that uh, show cheat? Back I, in the day? I <laughs> bought it up. 
I did bring it up, but I didn't go into detail. All I remember is that the co-host was, I mean, she was pretty hot, like really, really hot, hot to the point where I was like, why are you on this show talking about video games? But that's how they were back then on G4. It was interesting because uh, they also gave like not only cheat codes, but tips as well. And I really used a lot of those for Metal Gear Solid 3 because she really used to talk about like how to get past like certain bosses. And I thought that was interesting. So it wasn't just all like cheat codes. It was also trying to get through the game at a very expedient pace. Yeah, it was um, because I remember I used to watch that show on and off with uh with my neighbor who was also a really close friend of mine um and we we used to just watch it just to see like even even for games that like we didn't have we just wanted to like see like what you could do with some of the games that uh that they were giving out like tips and cheat cheats for mm -hmm. so it was a very interesting uh interesting time to be alive i would say for gaming because like these days you don't you don't really get cheats and like I think on the occasions that they do like allow for cheat codes like you know like we brought up and I think it's going to be a question later on is like how they basically lock you out but we'll save that for later. Yeah, the last thing I want to add before someone else goes is that uh the whole landscape has changed so we went from strategy guys to um magazines to going and uh listening to people like, you know, Kristen Holt from G4 and then the, we got the internet so now it's not even a need to go back and use like the traditional mags for strategies you I mean if you want to you can but it's easier to look it up on Google or watch a certain walkthrough on YouTube I will say cuz I don't know if there's a let me see I don't I don't think you bring up like strategy guides in this at all No um uh, I will say that like some of the more modern strategy guides, they'll bring up some things that not many people talk about in some cases. Mm -hmm. um, like, I, I actually own the Metal Gear Rising strategy guide, and there were some things that I didn't know about, uh, like, just looking up from, like, what people were talking about, like, as the game was coming out and stuff like that. Uh, there's, like, certain pathways that you can take. <laughs> That, uh, that are pretty useful that the strategy guide points out so yeah let's talk resident evil mentioned that there was certain indicators where a strategy guide will tell you how many bullets it takes to kill pacific enemies and i thought that was really interesting no one really talks about stuff like that so there are those little nuggets of good information and in strategy guides for sure anyone else want to go on question number one I think the only Chico's I really did was like GTA. Like GTA 4 is the first one. Like put in for like the max ammo, max armor, running around changing my star level, stuff like that. I mean, other than that, I really didn't mess with Chico's that much unless you get to like Skyrim for like mods and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I heard James say that he cannot stand playing that game without mods. Oh, mods make it so much better. Like just being able to improve the landscape and stuff like that. It's, it, yeah. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Anyone else? Um, I, I've been introduced to Cheat Code throughout two things, and I know you guys might have heard of them before back in the day Game Shark and Action Replay Max. Ooh. These are the only things I grew up with when it comes to cheat codes if it's not done in the, if it's not shown in the magazine. 
they and still usually, use game breaker saves to this day in action replay, which is crazy. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't think Game Shark's a thing anymore though. Yeah, I think it's discontinued, but you can still pick up like old ones and still utilize them, so it's pretty crazy, man. And I like how back then they'll give you cheat codes uh, if you play like a, say a fighting game for example. Shut up on it. That mm -hmm. uh they let you play as characters that were never meant to be playable. Yeah, that was That's a thing. That's what I found interesting. That was a thing for a lot of games back then. You could play like another character that was just like in the game's files, but not like available for like unlock. We still didn't get that Akuma in Resident Evil 2 though, Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But, but we did get uh, Leon and Claire in a snowboarding game, so... <laughs> that was a thing? Wow. Yes! Jeez, yes. I yeah, never knew could, that. You can play as Leon, Claire, and a zombie in this... Uh, I, I forget what snowboarding game it is. Tr Trick and game. Snowboarding by Capcom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I never heard of that one for sure, definitely. It's not good. It's oh. no 1080, it's no SSX, so... Hold on. <laughs> There's a PSP action replay? Really? really? Hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not buying this. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> I like how that's the first response. But I, I think we're done with question one. We can move on to question two if everyone's good. I could yeah. read off number two if you guys would like. Go ahead, Dom. Uh, what is your favorite type of cheat codes that have been implemented in video games? Um. <gasps> so I think generally speaking i like the ones that are not necessarily like oh well you get infinite like health or ammo or anything like that uh but i do like the ones that are kind of more silly uh, gta for for me i've i've always found those like cheat codes that you can get aside from the infinite ones that that are available where you could have like fucking riots like blow out and and shit like that or like uh i think san andreas had it where you could have like you could be max fat, yeah. Maximum sex appeal, maximum like you know, uh, wanted and shit like that. Like it's ridiculous, but you could do it. Yeah, so, uh, I think it's max fat, max muscle, max sex appeal. It doesn't even make sense, like bodily wise. Like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so at least like the like the more silly ones, I I've always enjoyed. Um, but I also don't mind the ones where, um, where you can, like, just unlock stuff just a mm -hmm. little bit faster, where it doesn't necessarily mean you're, uh, losing out on the experience, per se. You're just kind of unlocking things a little bit faster. Um, Metal Gear Rising, for example, I, I don't mean to bring this up, like, too much, but if you input the Konami code in Metal Gear Rising, you unlock all of the difficulties right off the bat. So I thought that was pretty nice because, like, if you just want to go straight into, like, Revengeance or Very Hard, you could do that just by inputting the Konami code. I'm trying to think of, like, some of my favorites. There is quite a bit of them. I would say, yeah, pretty much what you said, just the stupid ones. Like, you can give all the pedestrians, like, rocket launchers and cause a riot in Grand Theft Auto. I always thought that shit was funny because uh, they're all blowing each other up and... As soon as you spawn, you get hit with a rocket, and I'm like, okay, this is this is amazing. 
the general one I like the most is just God mode because it's like you could just do whatever. No one could kill you. You have all the stats, all the weapons, everything unlocked, and uh, it's it's good to feel like very overpowered in a video game for once sometimes, and just have some fun and fuck with it. So that's what I really like. I think I I think I share the sentiment mostly. Like I I like codes that offer a more ridiculous aspect to the game like i was mentioning you know goldeneye on the 64 had a bunch of them where like certain weapons you couldn't dual wield enabled you to dual wield every weapon so you could run around with two sniper rifles or two rocket launchers <laughs> or two moon lasers if you wanted to um and and I, I like i like codes like that um i do also like codes that kind of give you either like post game content or sort of like easter egg content some of the examples I'm thinking of are like in the Mega Man X series, for example, and like X4 and onward, there were cheat codes that allowed you to have armors for the characters that couldn't normally get in most of the games. And so you type in those codes and have another reason to play back through the game with a, you know, the ultimate armor for X that just lets you do whatever, you know. Um, and then there's also Easter egg codes. Um, the prime example I'm thinking of, it's probably a game that a lot of people in this room have not played, but it's a game called Solar Eclipse for the Sega Saturn. It's an old Star Fox-esque sort of game, on-rail space shooter. And uh, there's a cheat code you get at the end of the game where you play the final level again, but instead of fighting all the normal enemies, you fight uh, pictures of all the developers. So it's like heads of all the developers that develop the game. And like there's actual like in-game voice acting and stuff like that that like comments on the fact that like you're fighting like, oh, the producer shows up and he's the boss, you know? So it's just silly stuff like that. I don't mean to uh, beat a dead horse here, but yeah, again, the, the, the silly ones are the most fun because it's like, I, th I think the others are like just stat bonuses and stuff. And sure, you can go around blowing everything up, you know, with a, a gun or a rocket launcher or whatever um, in like, say, San Andreas or GTA 4 is normal. But like, definitely the best ones are where you can get into like a Banshee, like a uh, like convertible and just start flying to your destination in the car because you don't want to take the windy roads or, or the long routes or whatever. So you just... I'm, I want to go over this mountain. I don't really want to get out of my car. Fuck it. I'm going to fly over this thing. Oh, yeah. The Harry Potter uh, sort of ways of travel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Anyone else? No? Going once, going twice, sold to the hooker red. So. All right. So we're going to move on to number three. Who wants to read that off? I can read it off. All right. Uh, how do you feel about cheat codes when they're implemented as DLC? For me, right off. Uh, <laughs> I, I personally think that that defeats the purpose of a cheat code. If you're having to pay for your cheat codes, then they're not really cheat codes. They're just DLC, exactly what they are. I think um, like the way that it sounds is, is kind of like uh, what they're doing now. now is like... Uh, more or less what they're dubbing them as as like quote unquote uh time savers where like you can like unlock like currency or you can unlock like certain in-game items faster and it's like um for the people that that are not only super bad at games and refuse to actually learn how to play like like we used to back in the day um 
but also for people that like to use the argument, well, I don't have time to play video games, so I need all all the shit unlocked like right away. Like, um, for Some... for like um for like a lot of the things that we're seeing now is like you know again like currency uh and like actual in-game items that you can unlock that people are just ending up like paying like you know about three or four dollars for on average uh per per like dlc and it just i don't i don't really like the idea of that i'd rather you know for that three or four dollars if possible i'd rather just pay for like something that's actually new and was not intended to be a part of the game initially at launch um or actual like expansions to a game as opposed to things that unlock stuff that's already in the game that i could earn without having to pay for anything yeah that's how i feel as well granted um i'm sure people who are casual they will always say that like they don't have the time to sit through and earn this stuff but i'm like since i'm more hardcore this doesn't apply to me i rather earn everything and accomplish it as opposed to uh just buying it these grinds or whatever when i can unlock them in game so if i always have the option to unlock them i always go for it i i think that it's always probably going to be a commonplace practice it's just personally something that i wouldn't do and i definitely wouldn't say well because i'm going out and i'm going to pay for this particular item it means that i'm more accomplished by buying it i would never say that i would rather a person just persevere and get through the game the best they can and try to unlock this thing and if not if they want the easier route that option is always there just don't say that i accomplished this because i simply bought it because that's kind of nonsense and it leads into a question later on about you know cheesing which is the next one cheesing the cheat codes to make the game easier yeah, I actually have a recent example of that, cause, uh, but, but I'll save it for the next question. So That's fair enough. Anyone else wants to go on this one before we move on to number four? No, it's all good with me. Anyone else? Going once, going twice? All right, interesting one. So number four, um, do you think cheat codes are justifiable in terms of cheesing a game just to beat it? And I'm obviously going to say no. I I think that you shouldn't make it easier on yourself. I don't even think this should be an option to use cheat codes until you actually beat the game. Like when you when you finally did that in-game sort of like grind and you got everything and it's like, well fuck it, I want to use my infinite rocket launcher, I want to use my infinite um sword mode that I have in Metal Gear Rising. It's like I'm I'm obligated because I actually went through and completed the experience and I have everything bought. Uh, I, I think that's when it should be utilized, but I don't think it should be available immediately just because you implement the cheat code and you're trying to cheese through. I think so, it depends uh, on like okay. what the cheat code is. Cause I know like some of like the landscape ones, like where it changes like the appearance makes everything look better. I feel like mm -hmm. those are like, okay and cool to like put in in the beginning. But I feel like if you're doing it just to like rush through the game, then that's a whole different story like god mode stuff like that that should not be available immediately anything that changes the environment but still the game is um not really too impacted by it like you're not really dumbing down any of the adversity then i think it's totally fine so um 
The recent example that I was going to bring up actually was uh, the original Final Fantasy VII that you can buy on PlayStation 4 and on PC. Um, and I think it's also on the original, or not the original uh, Xbox, but the Xbox One. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Uh, anyway, uh, on that version, I recently had discovered that there are three particular things you are able to do with the analog sticks if you click them in. Uh, if you click in, I think it's the left analog stick, you get uh, a three times like increase to speed. So basically, if you want to just like when you're in the actual like open world of the game, and if you don't want to go through the normal like pace, you can increase the speed or increase the speed for the entire game if you want to play it at like fast forward mode, basically. Um, but it is kind of helpful in, in that regard if you just want to tread through the open world a little bit faster. Um, hmm. The uh, second one, which is if you click the opposite uh, analog stick, that will automatically refill your health, your uh, MP, and your uh, limit break. They're basically just sitting there with like infinite limit break if you have it enabled. Um, I had kind of fucked up when I was playing earlier today, actually, because I'm going through Final Fantasy VII for the first time. And uh, I didn't think, well, hey, maybe I should equip magic on my fucking characters because I completely didn't think about it at the time. And, uh, you know, I have fucking Sing. Shout out to, to Sing from our server. But I have Sing watching me, right? And I look, you know, I tell him in the call, I'm like, you didn't fucking tell me there was going to be a guy in the elevator as I'm going down. So I have like Barrett doing like all the work while the other two fucking characters are just looking stupid. So then I was just like, okay, I'm going to have to use this because I'm going to sit here forever, not really getting anywhere with just one character doing all the work on a, you know, boss enemy, basically. Um... So in that regard, like, yeah, I, I really don't want to have to use the cheat, but I did just so that I could actually progress at a normal pace in that instance, because I was only able, normally at least, able to attack with just one character. Whereas when I enabled the cheat, I was able to actually attack with all three. Um, so I didn't like that I had to do that, but... You know, my dumbass didn't realize that I should have probably equipped, uh, like, you know, the proper, like, equipment beforehand. So, you know, I, admittedly, I, I will hold that out. Uh, but that being all said, the last cheat there is is actually if you click both analog sticks, any uh, random encounters that could could happen uh, as you're traversing through the, the world... Um, are completely disabled with the exception of like i think there's like one boss that could always like get you regardless um but that said like any random encounters as you're traveling where you know you normally you would get attacked like maybe four or five six maybe 12 times you know just as an exaggeration just going from like a short distance uh that just doesn't happen so those are like the three cheats that are in that that version of final fantasy 7. I, I will admit there are those artificially difficult grinds or challenges where it's like, oh, I just want to get through this. I mean, but there is a great cheat code I use for Sekiro. It's called the uninstall button. I mean, yeah. it, it works for me. <laughs> I just got so. Game. 
I, I just got so disinterested in playing it. I'm just like, you know what? I, I have a perfect cheat code. It's just getting rid of it. Sekiro is ridiculously hard. Yeah. It's, I, it's see, a monster. Sekiro, uh, actually, I'm kind of glad you brought up Sekiro because um, fucking uh, what's his face? Hipster show gamer, hip hop gamer uh, decided he was going to just enable cheats and play, play through the, the entirety of that game from point A to point B using cheat codes like having god mode enabled so he didn't he didn't actually experience that game per se he like, probably he probably enjoyed himself the best way possible but then i saw him do it with cuphead and i'm like bro i don't i, I don't yeah, get that so like, always doing it all the time like you know like like i said like like when it when it came to my example of final fantasy 7 i didn't like that i had to do it because i would have rather have beaten it normally but you know i had like really no other option other than you know i could have sat there for like a t you know two hours with one character doing all the work or i could have just gone through like how normal progression would have using the cheat which i unfortunately had to do but i wouldn't go through the entire game like that that's just not fun like yeah first time around it's just if the game is fun and balanced i would rather learn it than to cheat that's how i feel hmm yeah, I think it does vary um, from game to game because there's some people who like I think you know GTA uh, Five Online PC is like just full of modding. Um, I think it does depend game to game because GTA Five on PC or even just in general is really grindy and they purposely made it that way so they can make more money. Um, so I think that if they're cheating there, it's it's somewhat justifiable because it's kind of fighting back at the developers a little bit, saying like okay, this is a bit much. You need to, like, not fucking do this again because it's just not enjoyable. It's just too much of a grind. And it's putting money before fun. Um, but with a game like uh, Sekiro, um, I think it's, 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 like, it's tough because, like, it, it's a, supposed to be a hard game. It's supposed to, you know, test you. It's supposed to, um, you know, give you that difficulty and that satisfaction when you beat the game. So I think maybe... You shouldn't use it on games like that, but on like games where it like GTA five online where it is purposefully made grindy, I think it's okay. Yeah. I, I agree. It's like you're not gonna get that sense of satisfaction with Sekiro if you decide to cheat through it, but if the grinds are just extremely boring, extremely long, excruciating, I'm like, I just want this to end. I'm gonna press the I'm gonna press the button so I can get through this like a little bit more easier so it's a little bit more convenient because some of these things they try to do like micros and when they get like mm -hmm. super intrusive and to screw you over like that it's just not fair yeah it's not fun either which is ultimately what games should be in any situation like no matter what your game is its first priority should be fun it shouldn't be balanced it shouldn't be you know uh, how much money you can make from it it should always be fun it's like uh, my friend James said, he said that Mortal Kombat 11 grindy for costumes, that was basically like free labor. You're just constantly doing it over and over again. So that's how I felt trying to unlock some of those. And I'm like, if I could just get through this easier. And I kind of did use exploits, I'm not going to lie, to get like very oh, rare stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we did the exploit for the statue and we gained like all the costumes before they patched it. And I'm like, yes, fuck you, NRS. I, I finally have this now. So it's kind of a good <laughs> feeling sometimes. I'm not going to lie. There are. Um... I don't necessarily know if you could call it a cheat, but uh, at the time uh, for 
Neo One, there was an exploit where you could like use a kunai or a shuriken on a certain stage to get like one of the floating uh, heads to get stuck underneath the staircase, and they would constantly give you uh, Emrita, which is basically like the the upgrade currency. Oh, I know we talked. So about. you could literally leave your fucking console on like overnight, like on for like several days, right? Just constantly earning Emrita. Uh, in this one stage, and eventually they patched it out. But you know, I took advantage of it just a little bit, just because you know I wanted to get ready for the higher difficulty. So I, I guess we can do question number five to follow up on the last question. How do you feel about the approach of Rockstar Games to mitigate cheesing? They lock out achievements when a code is implemented. Is that the right way to go? I think in terms of you're trying to like use these cheat codes to get everything, every unlockable, every achievement, and there's certain things you have to do, which sort of like deprives you from the journey of experiencing it, of experiencing it yourself. Then I think that, yeah, they should lock out the achievements because if you're just putting in all the codes and getting all the stuff, it's like, what's the point? There are some like, exploits that i've used personally like i said for mk11 uh but yeah I, I do think that once you get around those you shouldn't be just using cheese to get everything in the game if you're like getting platinums and trophies to me is like just milestones to get you know what i mean and you're kind of like just cheating your way through they do the same thing with like uh skyrim bethesda does skyrim and fallout yeah i they think they also yeah, I think they also did it with DMC3, which Dom mentioned earlier. Like, they will lock out the achievements or they will lock out yes. your saves if you um, try it. In in the HD version of DMC3 or every subsequent version that has come out since the HD version, uh, they have locked out the ability to save. I don't know about achievements. I want to say yes. Although, um, no, actually, no, because... Um, because Devil May Cry 2 also has cheats. And um, if you have a certain version for the PS3 360 version, uh, whereas on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, you could just change the region and get away with this. Mm -hmm. um, there's a thing where you could get infinite DT. And uh, Bloody Palace is a real pain in the ass to go through in DMC2, and it takes forever compared to like DMC3 and uh, DMC4. But um, if you use the Infinite DT cheat, you're able to get through Bloody Palace just fine. And that's what most people end up doing. So um, so I, I know they don't lock you out of that, but saves definitely, both on DMC2 and DMC3. But if um, I remember back when I used to play uh, Pokemon Platinum, uh, I'm on Nintendo DS, and I think Nintendo even went as far as to if you use an action replay, like it can actually just corrupt your game altogether, or like it'll break your game or whatever, um, to the point where you have to actually go and buy a new one. What? Oh yeah, like on the uh, on it was using an action replay little uh, little chip thing, and they were like using an action replay may render this game unplayable. What game? Pokemon Platinum. Oh man! The first I've ever heard of that. Isn't there like certain games where I know this is like a little bit off topic, but there are certain games where it's like 
isn't it where if you put in the cheat codes like constantly sometimes it can break the game because i remember like at old gta games there was that warning where it's like you can't save too many cheat codes and save it to your save file otherwise your game would probably get corrupted forever and i i did have like a legit copy of vice city that broke because i put in like a hundred different cheat codes so maybe like it's a little bit of a fail safe as well just in case because back then i did legitimately have a game break because of that oh yeah i broke i broke skyrim before doing that loading it up with like landscape mods and I'll, eventually it was just like it wouldn't load out anymore and i had to uninstall or reinstall like 50 times yeah, so it seems like e even then, when you have the free reign, there can be trouble in paradise if this happens to you. Anyone else want to go on this? Um, I, I just wanted to say that like I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to lock out achievements. Um, but I, I guess it kind of depends on the circumstances. Um, if if you if it's something that like. I don't know. I, I guess like if you've done like the majority of the game, for example, and you're like 80% through the achievements and you're just like trying to get those last couple few, like, yeah, like I guess it wouldn't be so bad to like, you know, just like make it okay to use cheats at that point. But like for people who are jumping right in, I think it kind of takes a little bit away from the value of the achievements. But then again, I mean, there's those weird websites where you can like have people get achievements for you like oh I, yeah i wouldn't want to trust anybody with my account information but i guess that's a thing you can do it's a service you can buy so oh yeah I... you're talking about pay for platinums i remember that yeah. <laughs> I, I i i don't understand it because it's like you're entrusting this random stranger to play the entire at that point it's like why are you even like why did you even pick the game up at that point it's like Ooh. if you don't want to play it why or even get something from it is like why even bother but i guess people are into that I, I just found that ridiculous because i remember back in the day i think the admins were commenting on my videos because they did not like my comments on it but i'm like i i just would not it is such a risk factor doing this that i i just wouldn't even trust it but yeah if you want to pay for platinums if you want to be a lazy bum you can do that I, I think the longer the platinum is, the more expensive it is to get. It's so it's some shit like that. I don't know. Well, and then like I guess my question there too is like, what happens if it's a game that requires online achievements, like Quantum Theory, for example, a game that nobody fucking played the multiplayer for? Ooh. What the fuck do you do in that instance, where it's like oh, you can't pay for the platinum when there's nobody to freaking get the achievements I'm, with. I'm assuming yeah, but... one thing maybe they boost maybe there's some way where they go out and boost and find people to play this game with but then that's the other person spending more money so and if they don't have the game you have to factor that in as well so that kind of defeats the purpose so maybe see, they're uh, like oh we won't do this game in particular but other ones we will do see that that's kind of a thing I wonder like even for like bad games like uh I, two games that come to mind in particular are uh resident evil operation raccoon city and uh umbrella core operation raccoon city has multiplayer achievements and you need them for the platinum mm -hmm. um and umbrella core obviously is 
always online. So, you know, like, and I don't know anybody who's going to be willing enough to get a platinum for pretty much a dead multiplayer game. I will troll. I will so. say, you know what? I want you to do a job for me. Get the platinum <laughs> on mag. Go ahead. Oh just do it. <laughs> the servers is so down, dude. It's like, come on. What what was the other game that was um that was like really popular back in the day in like the early uh or it wasn't popular, but it was like one of the, the like early PS3 like online multiplayer games. SOCOM? Was it SOCOM? Maybe. Com confrontation maybe? Might yeah. have been. Yeah, that that server is dead too. So if you're gonna try, there there's that disc is like a fucking frisbee. There's no way. But that is, that is just too funny, man. I'm so glad somebody brought that up. <laughs> but we're gonna move on to number six. If everyone's done with number five. Yep. All right. We're going to switch gears to the topic of in-game unlockables. How do you feel about the philosophy of earning rewards? Yeah, it's a pretty standard affair, really. Mm -hmm. um, I just think, like, I think the big thing, and I think I heard a doge too, but, <laughs> but uh, I think the, um, the big thing is, is like how difficult it is to unlock something, and is it worth your time? Um, for example, like I, I had been playing Neo One again recently. I've pretty much beaten all the difficulties, and I've gotten like ethereal armor on pretty much everything uh, that I personally use. But there is one thing in particular that I have not done, and that was um, unlock the Ninpo and. Uh, the what is it the uh it's one of the moves you get for uh from uh jin hayabusa that's also a ninja guide and i think it's the uh i want to say it's the fly no it's not the flying swallow it's the uh izuna drop uh i've already unlocked the nimpo but i still don't have the izuna drop so uh it's just one of those things where it's like yeah, for me, it's worth the time, but for a lot of people, given especially given how difficult the uh, Jin boss fight can be, uh, it might not be. Um, and then there's also just some games where it's like they make you go through like the hardest difficulty or like the hardest challenges, and then it just kind of makes you question whether or not you should. Uh, another samurai game I could, or samurai series, I should say, uh, that comes to mind is Onimusha. Onimusha is known for having infamous infamous mini games that unlock the uh ultimate mode uh the mini games have always been very hard and probably the hardest is the man in black mini game from uh, onimusha 2 where you're you're left with a stick you have to collect film all over the like the entirety of of uh of the game basically from point a to point b and uh you have your health constantly draining so so i think it just really depends yeah like some of those 100 percent achievements i've been disinterested in depending on the type of game i really don't like the stupid collect the thons to get something you know what i mean like get 100 flags or 
you got to get gold in every singular mission and it's like it, sometimes it's like what is even the point i i do find Ooh. some unlockables to be stupid and irrelevant as well and i would expect them to be better because i did the whole challenge of mortal kombat 9 the towers and the unlockable was basically a half naked melina and i'm like i don't play with melina i don't like melina that much in this game so it doesn't appeal to me i was gonna bring that up i was gonna be like anybody remember the final challenge in mk9 <laughs> I costume do. You had to fight like every singular. You had to fight all these boss characters that were buffed mm -hmm. and ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it's it's like, people Oof. complain about DOA system for costume, but back in the day, it was just like, oh, just beat the game on arcade mode, and you unlock mm. like eight costumes. You know, it's like. But hey, yeah, at least you don't have to change the costume for a dollar. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's then change it back for a dollar. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh my god, that yeah. fucking shit. <laughs> it's a, I think it's a question later on, but now mm -hmm. unlockables are also getting just as ridiculous as cheat codes with DLC, if not worse, especially for fighting games. It's worse now. Oh, unlock this character for $3.99. Unlock the next 10 characters for $10.99. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely miss the novelty of older days where it's like just play as a certain character and you unlock like a bunch of crap the the only thing i will say about that is um it's kind of a double-edged sword because like this kind of delves into like dlc topics um because like back in the day when we didn't have dlc you had to get like the expansion for, for a game to get like more characters or like new environments and stories and things of that nature. Um, whereas now you could argue, well, they could patch it, but you know they want to still make money off of it. So um, they come out with like these season passes, these extra characters, weapons, skins, etc. Uh, and then later on they come out with like complete editions or uh, worse off, they, they do things like uh, Street Fighter 4 where they keep re-releasing the same game but with all the stuff that was dlc yeah i fell victim to that in, in a couple instances i i so. think it all depends on the situation like it does suck that back then because i think they did this specifically with uh mgs2 where it's like i have sons of liberty and then i gotta buy substance and i pay 50 bucks already for sons of liberty now for substance i gotta pay 40. uh so that was kind of like a bus kill at the same time it's like at least when they give you that final piece that final expansion it is complete uh what developers these days what they like to do is they like to constantly put out dlc pack dlc pack dlc pack and it all starts to add up even more than certain expansion packs you look at like doa their costumes in terms of pricing is ridiculous the last time i checked for at least doa 5. well and, and also, especially in like doa 5's instance it's like some of those costumes you can't even get anymore because they were limited time licenses because they were crossover costumes from different ips so it's like so not only are they like nickel and diming you for content it's like you better get it while you can because ooh, it might go away you know siege, siege had that problem too rainbow six siege like um oh, yeah so they had the uh, pro league skins and, and admittedly i bought them because I actually do like, I did like the Pro League skins, 
um and the money as far as i'm aware the that was like generally going towards the uh like the winners of like the tournaments they would hold at the end of every season so it was like well you're kind of giving it to people that actually like you know go out to these tournaments and and you know play and win so it's not like it's not technically going straight into like ubisoft's pocket in that regard um but i digress um something else that came to mind was uh like because i i play musou games a lot and um like old musou games on like ps2 like when you got the expansion like you could technically play this expansion on its own as its own like standalone game and it still felt like it was a great like standalone experience these days when you get like because sometimes they do like uh they make an expansion but then they decide well we want to make it standalone and sometimes that standalone experience doesn't really turn out all that great as a standalone experience by comparison to what we used to get back in the day so yeah i think a good example is the new avengers game like i don't know how this whole we're going to constantly make all these other superheroes and they're going to have their own DLC stories and it's going to be continuous single player over and over again. And you got to pay for all these different packs. I think that's going to be a horrible idea when it all adds up. And even even Spider-Man PS4, like there were some there was like some DLCs that were really good. And then there were others that were kind of weaker. So it just really justifies like is the expansion pack still good to keep continuing buying the other chapters? Yeah, exactly. Pre-order now, you get a taunt. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, remember yeah that. I mean, they would do some shit like that. Like, you know, they do, like, lock, like, some of these, like, smaller things where it's, like, admittedly, like, yeah, sometimes that stuff isn't really that good and it doesn't really matter, but it's, like, you know, at the same time, they... Like, some of these companies, like, Bethesda, I'm looking at you, they fucking lock out that pre-order DLC, so, like, if you, if you don't get it when you pre-order, you're shit out of luck. Yeah, that's, like, two of the worst things they could do. Constantly make the expansion packs bad, and the second one is locking stuff out, so you'll never be able to get it unless you get it at a certain point in time. Yeah, so. Uh, but unless if anybody else wants to go, I could read off number seven. Uh, I just wanted to comment because we're still on question six, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to say that um, when it comes to like in-game unlockables, it, it it's preferable that it's stuff that's desirable and it's well as it's not this long chore to unlock stuff. Like especially because I I keep thinking about it, like in the N sixty four days, you know, Goldeneye, Jet Force, Gemini. You know, they had these systems in place where it's like, oh, you reached a certain threshold and you unlock these cheats, you know, so that way it makes the game a little bit more. You can change it up a little bit with these different cheats and stuff that you have, you know. So I I think that system is fine. But as we kind of said earlier, like if it's a really difficult thing, like the MK9 tower, for example, for just something for, you know, one character or whatever, you know, it's like it's kind of a less desirable aspect to it. It's like, why would I work bust my ass trying to do it if it's not something that I'm actually going to appreciate? Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. 
Um, and a really good example of, uh, or I guess a bad example of uh, collectibles is Assassin's Creed 1, because um, they would have, you'd have all little different little cities which act as like their own levels, and then you'd have like the open world like roaming around on your horse bit. Um, and they would have like so many flags. I think in the, in each city there was like a hundred. In Masyaf, which was like the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood place, um, was, it was like 25. And then in the open world, I think there was like, 200 ish or something and there was just a shitload of flags and it's like i've been sometimes i'm like okay i want to play a game i want to get all these you know uh, max achievements but then i look at assassin's creed one i'm like yeah i'm not doing this one because there's just too many flags i'm not getting all these flags they get it it was worse like every game they made for assassin's creed it was just like well here's more collectibles well there's more i remember uh I want to say it's either syndicate or it was the, one of the multiplayer ones but they you ran around with people, and they just added an ungodly amount because the map got bigger. Oh, Unity? Yes. Oh, God. Unity. Unity. That was exactly the one. Unity was an okay game. Uh, I didn't like it. It was, a, it was an okay game, and I kind of... I don't really care for it, but given that I also got it for free when, when they were giving it out for free, I kind of don't. As much because freeze freeze, so <laughs> it was it was fun with friends, but like it was super glitchy. Like I remember like getting stuck on the ground and just not being able to move. But on my friend's screen, I'm moving around on the ground, the writhing in pain, and I'm like, nope, I'm just running around. Yeah, that, that was a huge problem at launch. I think they've since fixed the game for the most part, but. I don't know. I haven't really played it all that much post-launch, so. Uh, anyway, I uh, I guess we're all good on number six. Uh, I can go ahead and read off number seven. Uh, what are some of your favorite in-game unlockables in terms of secrets, weapons, or modes? Um, so as far as, like, secrets go, uh, probably one of my, like, favorites that i know about but i don't recall if i ever actually went ahead and did it was one uh slash extreme legends which is the expansion for the first game um if you go through the abyss mode you basically um have to go through a hundred floors of like hordes of enemies and like bosses like boss characters to fight through um and after you get to like a certain point you will unlock uh like different items that you can collect throughout like the cat like castle like abyss and uh uh different like bosses that you've beaten and uh one of the favorite unlockables that i have is the fact that you could literally unlock the uh book of five rings which would give you like permanent death element which basically meant like all of your attacks were critical like with like most most swings so i thought that was pretty cool and also you have to beat fucking lubu at the end from dynasty warriors just to get the final book so and which game was that uh samurai warriors one. Oh, gotcha i think one of my like favorite unlockables so far is probably star ocean till the end of time for the ps2 just getting through all the battle trophies like, because they were a pain to get through, do this much damage, block this kind of attack, stuff like that. And just it, to get to the end, get some of the outfits, the new weapons, and things like that was really 
It was really good. Uh, one of my favorites was um, it was Rampage. Uh, I think it was World Destruction Tour on the Wii. Um, you start off with like the three main guys, like George the Ape, Lizzie the Lizard, and uh, some sort of blue, a white wolf uh, guy or blue wolf or something. Uh, you start off with the three characters, do all these levels, do all these secrets, and it, and eventually you can end up unlocking like seventeen other characters. There was like a cast of twenty different people you could play as, and they I think it was like a, it was like a three D version as well. I think it, it was either that um, or like a different one, but like Rampage was really good for its unlockables. I think I'm kind of in the similar vein that the that the stuff that I on I, I like most is probably being able to play as alternate characters. Like for example, uh, the one it's been a primary staple through most of the more modern Castlevania titles, but a lot of them feature after you beat the game, uh, you can type in a password like a name and it lets you play as another character or it became like in some of them it's a separate mode that you just have to click on and it's like oh okay you can play that mode um one of them even had the ability to play as the original simon belmont in the boss rush mode if you typed in the konami code at the title screen so it's like just just little things like that i i think are more desirable because it gives you a, a way to not only play the game again but you get to experience it in a different light like maybe the character might have different powers or different attacks, you know, might have abilities that the previous character uh, had to unlock, you know, super late in the game, but they have them right from the get go. Mm. Um, Twisted Metal is a great example. Tons of different characters throughout any pick any Twisted Metal game except the new one. <laughs> and uh, you, you get a plethora of characters that each have their own unique backstory. They have their own unique vehicle. Um, some of them drive differently. Some of them have different supers. You know, it, it's just like those are the kind of things I like because it's it's the content that'll keep you coming back to play. Yeah, there's there's stuff that I really like, like the um, stuff they used to do for Silent Hill with the alternate endings. Like you would get sucked up into a fucking UFO if you do something specific, and you see an alternate ending of a doll controlling a ship. It's just like ridiculous fun <laughs> stuff like that where you can actually get like differing endings, costumes, and outfits. Like I really enjoyed the uh, MGS one sort of unlockables as well where you get like stealth camouflage where you can't be seen or a bandana for infinite ammo and then snake will be wearing like a tuxedo and then later on in the series they would make like james bond jokes it's stuff like that that really like calls home to me in terms of what i really appreciate for unlockables in gaming anyone else uh yeah actually i, I kind of want to point out too like because uh devil may cry i actually really like the fact that they had uh there was two ways to unlock the infinite um dt costumes you could either go through the game uh through its various difficulties and uh unlock the super costumes that way or if uh you were really good you could just go straight through bloody palace and unlock every single costume uh in that regard as well so you could e easily get uh all the what is it the super costumes for both characters that way that is assuming you're good good enough to go through bloody palace and complete it that way so anyone else favorite unlockables before we move on i want to comment and just say because you brought it up metal gear solid twin snakes when snake gets the tuxedo it puts meryl in the sneaking suit oh yeah grade a grade a 
It's so, so fucking perfect. cool seeing her in the sneaky suit. Yeah, that's so perfect that it does that, that it changes like the NPCs as well. And you see her in Snake's costume. So I thought that was badass. Yeah, because I also think it changes the color of Gray Fox's armor. Like it goes from like orange and blue to like red and blue, I think, if I remember right. He looks kind of like Spider-Man. I think it's like blue and red. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, because his original is like a, sort of uh, good statue of that, right? Like the uh, Kyarts figures, they had something like that. Yeah, yeah, they did. I don't think I can, I don't think I can pull it up, but they definitely did like figures on the alternate colors of Gray Fox, and I thought that was badass as well. Here I am. I didn't even know Gray Fox had alternate colors. Well, we have Nazi Chen. So since you're late, Hi. um. <laughs> What are some of your favorite in-game unlockables, secrets, weapons, etc.? Um, honestly, I think the one that sticks out to me the most, mostly because I didn't think this was until tomorrow, is in Halo 1, uh, when you're on the Warthog run, if you get out on one of the side areas, uh, there is just a grunt there who will just talk mad shit at you until the autumn explodes. Like, that's probably like the thing that just sticks out to me the most is my favorite. We're about to move on to question number eight. Hold on. Unless... Oh, go ahead. Dragon Ball Z, Budokai Tenkaichi 3. What unlocks do they have? I know they have like all the characters, dude. Holy shit. Like... The amount of characters, let alone. There's some Dragon Ball Z games that lets you unlock them faster, but man, it felt so good unlocking all of them. I think my favorite one throughout the entire game is when you unlock characters from the old Dragon Ball series, like Kid Goku, Master Roshi, all of them. All of them, uh... The Frankenstein android, yeah. Yeah, Android 8. They don't, they literally, they don't make games like that anymore. It's like, like those games are just nope. like, some chalk full of crap. It's like, jeez. DLC! Xenoverse 2. <laughs> DLC. I just thought of something. Uh, I don't. I don't see it in the doc, but there is uh, one thing we kind of didn't bring up. Uh, what about in-game unlocks that occur based off of save data that you have from a previous entry? Oh, that's a good one. There were games that did that like a lot back in the day for PS2, PS1. I can't Neo think of any off the top of my head. Uh, Neo was doing that a bit. We're free of DLC. Oh I yeah, yeah. Oni, Onimusha uh, Tactics, or, or not ta Tactics, uh, Blade Warriors and 3. Uh, if you had save data of Onimusha ta uh, Blade Warriors, in Onimusha 3 you would unlock the panda costume from Onimusha 1. <laughs> and uh, I think vice versa, you got a character uh, that was featured in the intro of Onimusha 3, and that, that character became playable in Blade Warriors, so... Hmm. Just for having the save data, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, only one I can think of is the uh, Oracle games for Zelda. If you have Oracle of Ages data, then Oracle of Seasons gets items from that other game, and vice versa. I did like the whole. I, I know it's not like technically an unlock; it's more of an Easter egg. But I did like the whole MGS One Psycho Manus thing, where he reads your memory card. And oh, if you yeah. play like previous Konami games, he'll say stuff like, "Oh, you played Castlevania, don't you?" He did that when he picked up my Symphony of the Night save, and I I just love that so much. I wish more games did that. Uh, 
God, the, the the way they did it on Twin Snakes, though, that was the best. The way they just redid that. They got his voice actor in. So you like playing Super Mario Sunshine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that one's pretty funny. Yeah, like, imagine if they redid it for Steam and you read your Steam library. So I oh, see you God. like Nekopara. Oh, dude, I'd be there fucking ever. I have like a thousand plus Steam titles. God damn, he'd be like saying like 18 different fucking things. I'd be there for an hour while he just tells me, he's like, oh, yeah, you play this for this long. You played... Final Fantasy 14 for a thousand hours. <laughs> hey, hey man, you're you a whole work day later. Signed up. You signed up for Metal Gear game. You signed up for an hour long cutscene. <laughs> so That's you played Fallout 76. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Another one that uh, comes to mind as well to me uh, is uh, the Yakuza series. Actually, if you have save data of Ooh. a previous iteration, you get like like early like early like starting items for for the characters so like i think like in like yakuza I've... 5 you got like um like a thing called a sunshine band or something like that and it basically like helped you like get money early and stuff like that so I think one of the coolest implementations I ever saw of that specifically, aside from having previous game data and it like gives you some extra in-game unlocks i i really enjoyed it with the dot hack series where if you started with the first entry in both of the series on the ps2 it saved your data once you completed it and you could do what they call the data flag where you could transfer all your characters items and their levels everything would carry over to the next entry so it wasn't like you were repeating the grind over and over again so if you max leveled in the first game you would just be god mode tier in the next game and i i really enjoyed that i think that that was a cool system and i i wish more games actually did that i think it would actually be kind of cool to see that more often mass effect does a really good job with it too like going through like the choices and things like that like going yeah. from game to game is really fun so i, w I, w I was going to point out the uh, thing you're saying about the grinding thing um fire emblem three houses does that a little bit uh, it's not like character levels, but your professor level, so you get access to a lot of the ancillary stuff that allows you to level up stuff way faster. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's really helpful because, by God, professor level is the most annoying thing to level in that game. There's one more cool example on my behalf. Uh, there's this game called The Suffering, and if you beat the game, I think it was a good ending, a neutral ending, and a bad ending the way you start off in the sequel the suffering ties that bind you will actually start off from those endings that carried over from the last game so the beginning of the second game will have like different introductions so so i actually had a question about that because someone mentioned mass effect and then there's that uh you guys remember how in mass effect 3 the only way to get the good ending was to have basically a prior save file where you made all the correct choices <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like, what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Because I kind of think that's kind of crappy, because it means you have to play through, like, three games to get see different endings. It's really annoying. Well, I don't think that's true, actually, because I think you could play multiplayer and prestige your classes and raise your EMS, which is your effective military strength, and your ending would be based on how much EMS you had. Like, whenever yeah. I go into Mass Effect 3 now, and because I've played multiplayer that much, I've just got, like, 10,000 EMS, and you only need, like, 2,000. They had also like uh, DLC, I guess you could say. You could pay mm -hmm. for it to like make the choices for you. So like you could go through yeah. and buy it for like things like ten bucks, and you could go through and make all the right choices. 
That's it would good. miss some out though. It missed out the Thorian in Mass Effect One um, when you would put the choices into number two. I didn't do the second one, so I'm not sure if that missed any out. Yeah, like mm -hmm. when the game, like I mean, this I'm talking about more when the game first came out, like when like you it'd be more difficult to get that EMS. Like, like now, like now the game's been out so long, I imagine it's probably way easier to get. But I remember back then it was like I wanted to play through a renegade that did not get Tally uh, absolved of her crime. And I was like, so I go in and I pick the default Renegade option where that is the choice that's made for you. And I just get to it and I'm at like 199 EMS, no matter how much multiplayer I did. I just go in with the save editor and just create a Mass Effect 2 save. Like it was stupid. But I imagine that's just something that time kind of destroys with the EMS thing. But I want to say, like, really quickly before we move on to number eight, um, unlockable weapons, really quickly, I just want to say BFG, big fucking gun, doom, let's go. <laughs> it's great. All right, so does anyone have anything else to say before we move on to number eight? I'm good. All right, so number eight, is there any in-game unlockables in terms of modes that you want to see re-implemented in more mainstream games? Examples include boss rush, hidden co-op, unlockable characters, and fighting games, etc. I think the last one is a no-brainer. Like, get rid yes. of all this DLC bullshit. <laughs> but yeah. I, I know they won't, so. I always uh. like, like, hidden bosses. Those are always my favorite in every game. Uh, they oh, do it in Persona 5, I believe, as well, with uh, one of the bosses that you have to fight at the very end. So you can go back and like, re-upload your save and keep going, and then the boss. Yeah. I think MK had hidden bosses as well, like with Noob Cybot, Reptile. Oh. They were extremely hard to fight, no doubt, but it really felt rewarding when you beat them. It, I, I do like the reward where... Sometimes you unlock one of those sim bosses as playable characters. Oh yeah, and he's absolutely broken. Yep, like for example, Soul Calibur Six. <laughs> I think one of the characters' story you unlock uh, what the Inferno, but he's not playable online, of course, because he's that broken. See, see the the thing with the thing with that that's like, like tangentially that like, they never do anymore because it's just de they all know we can make that DLC. Guys, remember when, like, uh, in most fighting games, like, if you went to the edge of the character select screen and you kept scrolling, eventually you'd get to a new character. Oh yeah, yeah. like they, that never happened to me. Like, like freaking Ultimate Ninja Storm Two did that for God's sake. That was so ubiquitous. And now the DLC is such a thing. Like, it's never going to happen. It's, it's just so annoying. Yeah, it's it's definitely a testament that the landscape has certainly changed. Because companies know that, like, regardless of how you feel about DLC, I think all of us, at least in here, can agree that DLC has become a very bad practice in the industry. Um, but it, it just goes to show, like, because originally, you know, we had all these, all this content that you can unlock through various games, through various platforms. You look at, you know, PS1, PS, you know, PS2. You look at the N64. You look at the GameCube. You know, the original Xbox. There was just there was just a bunch of little things that they would add into the game, whether it be an unlockable character, you know, a, a new skin for the character, or something yeah, like that, new costume, you know, uh, new modes, you know, all that stuff would be there. And now it's like, oh, if you want that thing, like if you like Tekken bowling from Tekken three, 
you know, or whichever oh. game it was in, now you have to pay for it. You know, it's not just something that they just give to you. And some some companies are better than most. Like I know, for example, like with uh, Bloodstained, for for example, a more modern game, they, they've been taking forever with their added on content, and so they're just giving it away for free. You know, so it, it's it's kind of hit or miss, but it's it's definitely. Uh, it definitely shows like where the, the industry is now and just like how different things are. Yeah, it's I, it's really annoying because I remember yeah. when DLC just like first was a thing. Uh, like it was basically like the game's been out for a year, but there's people still working on it in the background. Hey, here's this mission pack that we came up with like a few a few months ago. And it's like five bucks. Like Saints Row Two did that a lot. And that was really good. But now the DLC is basically done before the game even ships. I think I think what game I didn't like that did it because I'm really into RPGs. Final Fantasy 15. Like there was these episodes that came out with the end that were obviously should have been the game. Hmm. Like they should have been background story that we should have known about beforehand. But they sold it in like four separate different DLCs, and they were all like 20 bucks. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm good. I'll just watch somebody else play it. Don't you not even get the actual ending to the game unless you beat the newest episode or something? Like they they. Yeah. You get like a true ending. I yeah. fucking hate that so much. They did that yeah. shit to Ashura's wrath, and I'm like, my god, why? It, you it, know, you know what's fucked up about that too is that like now, what a lot of companies like to do is like after all the DLC is out, they release a complete edition. Yep. <laughs> or that like in some cases they'll release another edition that has most of the DLC, but then they're still releasing DLC for the game. Can I? Can I comment on that real quick? Because I mentioned earlier, I've fallen victim to that. Because I remember specifically with Street Fighter 4. I didn't buy Street Fighter 4 vanilla. Super Street Fighter 4 came out. It was a completely different game for the most part. It, it improved upon a lot of the mechanics from vanilla. So that was the staple game that they started building off of. you know. And then Arcade Edition comes out. And it was a while like arcade edition stuck around for a little bit so i was like okay that's got to be the definitive version so that's the one i ended nope. up buying and then they release they release ultra street fighter 4. uh same thing happened you know i i really wanted to play the hyrule warriors title i didn't have a wii u but i have a 3ds and i know that the 3ds version adds more content and so i was like well it's been around they haven't really said anything and literally i buy it a month before they announce we're making definitive edition for the Switch. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like I'm not falling for this shit again. I'll just wait like eight years to play this game, so the <laughs> five, ten different versions you want to release come out. See, I'm glad you brought up uh, Warriors because, like, I want to. I I have to give flack to uh, Koei Tecmo and specifically uh, Will Mega Force, the guys that basically work on Muso titles. Um, They've basically taken a similar approach to Team Ninja with like DOA, where now they don't even give you fucking EX colors. Like EX colors used to like it, it was first like they used to give you alternate costumes. Then they changed it to you at least got EX colors. And then some games they had it where like if it was like uh, Warriors Orochi, you had like costumes from like the various different games. Thing like Warriors of Orochi 2, they gave you literally, like, at the time, every single costume for, like, every single Samurai Warriors character. Uh, and, like, specific fan-favorite costumes for Dynasty Warriors characters. Um, now it's... Now it's you have to 
if you want costumes, you have to pay like an absurd amount for several different costume packs for the various characters. Uh, on top of that, uh, in some of the games, they only catered the costumes only for the female cast. And it's like, well, this is you might as well just call this fucking dead or alive warriors at this point, because we're we're borderline going on that approach where it's just now we're just focusing on titties. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I can't complain about titties, but I can't complain about how this DLC is being focused, right? My, my so. dude, you wanna you wanna hear the uh, worst part of that? Because I think you're missing some newer information. Oh, I might be. They they so for the new Dead or Alive game, the one where you take a pick a waifu and fucking do casino shit on Zack Island or whatever, Dead or Alive. Oh, uh, Extreme Three. Extreme yeah. Three, yes. So Dead or Alive Extreme. Now, if you want to change your girl's hair color, it costs a dollar each time. Oh, I heard about that. An <laughs> yeah. actual dollar? Yeah. It's oh, an actual oh, dollar don't... each time. If you want to change your outfit, that's a five each what? time. They're doing that in DOA 6. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably not going to buy Daryl Live anymore. No. no <laughs> if you buy any of them, yeah. Just go buy DOA 5 last round. It was you, a better game anyway. You, you yeah, I have it. <laughs> You want your fucking e-wife to have fucking, like, blue hair? All right, chief, that'd be a fucking dollar. I say just try their free version. Because, man, yeah, it's the like, good. almost a month after DOA 6 was released, they instantly released the free version. I'm like, damn, your game is that bad. They like, release unquote, a free version. version. Yeah, just play yeah. Core Fighters if you really want to try it. You don't have to waste your money or anything. Pretty much. Yeah. Hey, if you play, play a better fighting, fighting game with better customization. Second <laughs> 7. Older DOA games? Justice 2. No, no, the only DOA game you need is uh, Dead or Alive Extreme on the Xbox. That's it. That's all you need. Extreme 2 is the better one because that has jet skis. Why did they fucking take away Rave Race? That was the best thing about Extreme 2. (laughs) No, we need more booty battles. Those are games where you play controllers with one hand. Like, holy shit. Damn, I didn't know we were getting into waifu wars now. (laughs) 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 I mean, might as well. Well, when's the waifu war podcast? Well, no. oh, I know someone I know someone did say we should do a not safe for work video games one. I think it was Brandon. It it is going to happen, people, I guarantee it. I think, I think Reaper made the joke up. one time that we should do fucking uh IAS indoors uh hentai or some shit what like that. What the oh, fuck? No. <laughs> hey man, this nigga this nigga could watch Bible Black by himself. We did. <laughs> oh god. I, I, I think it was Reapers, but I, I can't remember. It was a long time ago. IAS reveals re- reviews the Hentai Haven front page. No, oh my god. god. Let's <laughs> move on to number 10, please. Make it a comeback. <laughs> Dom, can you take number 10 since we kind of answered number 9 anyway? Yeah. Um, oh, did we shit? <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Um. So to, to close out on the podcast, what is your most prestigious in-game unlockable? that you worked the hardest for uh that is a good question because i've played so many games at this point i i I couldn't tell you like off the top of my head which would be like the most prestigious um i could tell you like the most rewarding ones uh like recently because of the hd remaster i uh first time i i'd ever beaten um the oni Oni Spirits minigame was on Onimusha Warlords HD rather than the PS2 and Xbox version of the first game. 
so that was very rewarding for me. Um, also doing Way of the Neo recently, like, and, and getting higher levels for the Abyss to get higher level gear and stuff like that, that was pretty rewarding for me as well. Um, and probably getting, like, uh, I would say getting fourth survivor in the original RE2. I think for me, I go back to Star Ocean again. It's got to be that last like battle trophy. I, it took me like five different saves of carrying my battle trophies over to get it, but it, it the game like the unlock itself, you didn't really need it, but it was nice to have it. Hmm trying to think like mine is oh i'm sorry did i cuss one off no no go ahead no, oh good. uh sorry about that i i was gonna say that for mine is gonna be real quick i think my favorite unlockable in a game was probably re2 remake with the infinite uh, rocket launcher because many people they do not have that at all and i think you have to beat the game for s rank on hardcore it has to be like s plus so you have to beat the game under like two hours and 30 minutes and you also have to only save like three times and that's it ridiculous. so it, it's a, it's ridiculous but i i love having it honestly speaking of re are you are you excited for re3 remake they're gonna let you uh bust into safe rooms they debunked that actually so did that's they? Yeah, yeah they, they did, did. Yep. fortunately oh, they should make a mode that has that though i cool. said that i totally vote for that nemesis going Free into update. the safe room and fucking up the game journals. We we need this. Mode. I'd be terrified. I'd just be eating noodles and all of a sudden you just bust the in. ultimate challenge. <laughs> Noodle noodles. <So>, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just eating noodles and all of a sudden you just bust in, takes yeah. me down. Oh god, no! The only mode it happens on is they 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 make okay. games they make games journalist mode, which is piss easy. Only difference is Nemesis is scaled for hard mode. It can break into safe rooms. That's how you get the A plus rank on IGN or whatever they use. You're saying something, Daybreaker? Uh, yeah, so I wanted to answer the question because I, I actually have two that I can think of. Um, and they're both on the PS2. One was easier than the other. The first one was getting the Cosmos gear from Xenosaga in Soul Calibur 3 for a customized character. That took forever, but I was so damn happy when I finally got it. Because you just had to, I, I think I ended up looking into it. It was like you either had to do a certain amount of battles or you had to like reach a certain threshold of like how much in-game time you've played. But it took a long time, but it was very, very worth it to have that costume because like I love Xenosaga to death and it was super awesome to have that costume. But the one that I think I'm more proud of was getting the stealth camo in Metal Gear Solid 3 because god damn that freaking shit is so annoying because you have to find all these little um i forget what their names i think they're called like kirotans or something they're these little frog statues everywhere uh, if you play the 3ds version they change them to yoshi for some reason i don't know why but um you find these these little frog statues everywhere and you have to shoot them well they decided the best thing to do was they're going to put like five of these fuckers during the bike chase segment. So you're in a moving vehicle. You have a very limited window of shooting these things. And it's just 
I was so damn happy when I completed it because the, the thing is, is that you don't even know if you missed one. Like I was like, I was sure I got them all during that segment, but I had to beat the game to find out. And it was just the biggest sigh of relief when I finally, like, when that result screen showed up and it was like, you unlocked the self camo. I was like, oh my God, yes, I don't have to ever do it again. Good. <laughs> That's one of those things where it's like, cool, I unlocked this thing. Now I never want to play this game again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll play the game again. It's just I won't ever do that again. Like, if I start up a new save file without it, it's like, screw it. I'm not doing it. I just yeah. fuck it. <laughs> Remember when you could actually, like, copy over your save data on a different memory card? Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's so nice. Um, I guess I'll go next. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was, I was going to say, I can only think of one, it's because I literally just did it on my stream. <laughs> oh, what? It's, uh, so you guys know Knights of the Old Republic 2, right? Yeah. Remember how mm -hmm. big a pain in the ass it is to get your lightsaber? Yes. You can one planet it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get your, you get your, uh, you, you, you have to go pure light side, pure dark side. You get your focusing emitter on Telos, you finish Atris, then you book it straight to Narshada, go kill Lutra, and then if you've done every single good or dark side option you can, when you get back to your ship, Visus will show up, and then you get the last part. Oh, nice. Done. <laughs> and, and like, it's just, it's just so good, just have no planets done. But have that lightsaber right there because Jesus, it feels so stupid being a Jedi and shoot throwing around force powers, but not having a lightsaber. I think it's the only thing about that game I don't like. That's another game I wish they'd bring back and make like a third game for it, and just. I think up. if I recall correctly, they are. They're working on a third game. Uh, has it been confirmed? Oh, See, thank God. At least something in the Knights of the Old Republic, like realm is being worked on i heard movie wise maybe i didn't hear about a video game yeah so i don't know how they would do kotor 3 though because the story set up by kotor 1 and kotor 2 it's that story thread is actually completed in in Swator's jedi knight storyline it is i mean they could keep going because yeah. they're doing the eternal throne stuff and they yeah, yeah. they could keep going after yeah i mean if they i mean if they if they want to do something else, they could probably do something because it's like, well, like there's like 300 years between uh, Revan and Mitra and the Jedi Knights. So, I mean, there's something easily could happen in that 300 years. True. They could have it be told from the Sith perspective. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kaneki, you were going to go next? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> there's so many unlockable that I did back in the day that, that I did that I decided to just, just pick one. One that is probably my favorite memorable, even to this day, because I recently unlocked it again. Um, does anyone remember the game called Cyberbots Full Metal Madness? Yeah, I just played it, but I did not unlock anything. It's a cool game. Well, I know there's a certain uh, tip to unlock a certain a certain character, and I think Daybreakers know what I'm talking about. But I forgot what was the tip. It was either you have to be uh, the arcade without losing a life or without getting hit, or you have to beat it with all the characters. You get a, a particular character that you will not expect get in its mecha mode or its mecha suit, I would like to say. Imagine if Akuma was, was a Gundam. Oh. 
Cyber Akuma? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yes. god. Legit Cyber Akuma. Um, I, I was like, Capcom went their way to make Akuma into a cybernetic mecha suit of, his, of himself. And believe it or not, he's actually overpowered. As you... that, that, that was my favorite accomplishment when it comes to Unlock Boost. Yeah, um, I don't know about if I did any, like, unlockables, because uh, it was such a long time ago, and since games I've played, I've actually had, like, unlockables. Um, but I think there was Micromaniacs back in the day where you could unlock, like, different races. Uh, I think you start off, like, with a select, like, seven or eight, and you can do these certain time trials, like, you beat it by a certain time, or get, like, all silver medals or all gold medals, and you get different races. Um, but one achievement, like, or kind of not not one achievement, but like a series of achievements that I'm proud of doing is that I went and beat all of the Gears of Wars on the hardest difficulty. The only one I haven't done is the newest one. But it's like, dude, fighting Ram on the hardest difficulty on Gears of War One was like so impossible. I, I eventually, I just I just scummed it by uh, you can there's like a certain crate that you can't get to, or like it takes a really long time getting around, and you just spray bullets. Um, so I was, I was so exhausted when I beat Ram. Anyone else before we wrap up? Going uh, once, going twice. I was, I, was, I was just gonna say that Ram thing. That's another thing I miss. I miss back when games like cheese like that. Nowadays it's incompetence. Back then it felt more like, yeah, no, this is unfair, and we know it. Hey, if you found it, good job. Yeah. That's certainly how it felt when I started cheesing things in like older games. I'm like, oh, I find this exploit. But now it's like, oh, the entire game is broken. Well, shit. Here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're gonna I think we're gonna wrap up here. We're gonna do outros. So Nazi Chan, where can we find you, buddy? Uh well I'm over at uh, youtube.com slash C slash Nozovix and I got anime and video game stuff every day. And sometimes I do think pieces. And I stream every weekend at twitch.tv forward slash Chan. So check that out. Awesome. Dr. Blue, where can we find you? Uh, I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. But mainly YouTube. It's just Dr. Blue uh, with two O's, not a UE. Um, but I'm, I don't know if this will all be in the description linked anyway. Um, but if it is, just go check down there. If not, just D-O-C-T-O-R space B-L-O-O. Oh yeah, all the uh, links and channels will be in the description, so you will find them right here. Next up is Infamous Kel. Where can we find you? Um, YouTube and Twitch under the same name. Next up is Dom. So you guys can find me as BioDevil underscore Dom on YouTube, Twitch. I barely stream on Twitch. I want to and. I'm hoping that because now I have an OSSC coming in, which you guys might see some like PS2 footage for like podcasts in the future that looks pretty decent. Uh, I'm hoping I could possibly stream PS2 games and also original Xbox game uh, without any issues because I used to have issues all the time trying to stream that stuff. Um, and I'm thinking I might stream a little bit more often because it's easier to then. Uh, than recording and scripting full-on videos with what I'm doing right now with like work and stuff. But I do have two videos that are eventually going to release. I'm just waiting on commissions from uh, Derek. So whenever I get those commissions, those two videos will 
release because they're both pretty much ready. So. Um, next up is Daybreaker. You guys can find me on uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch under the name Daybreaker Rain. Uh, I haven't really been doing too much content-wise, but uh, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. So hopefully somewhere down the line, I'll start uploading stuff again. But uh, that's where you guys can find me. And last but not least is Kaneki. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, under the same name as Google Order. And uh, when are we going to talk about ROMs and hacks, right? ROMs and hacks. Well, I, I think that will be... You know what? Type that in the chat so I can remember because there are some crazy stupid hacks that we could talk about. Like I mods or added in the uh, suggestions, yeah. suggestions thing for the event planner. Yeah, and I would also say if people have gameplay, send it to me because I'm going to need gameplay for this podcast. If you have any spare gameplay, I am a bum, please. Spare change, yeah, spare gameplay, <laughs> spare pussy. Please spare crumb of coochie. Go on this Pornhub, support this nigga. Spare crumb, miss, please, but uh, just kidding aside. And I had a family member walk in during this part, which is always riveting when they make a lot of noise. Anyway, you can find me on YouTube at Renegade Operative. You can find me on Twitter at RenOperative underscore. And you can find me on Twitch at Renegade underscore Operative, where I will be doing various projects over this entire weekend. I just created something called Project Rosum, which is working on mainstream retro obscure and doing something related to a side project of my choosing and i hope these four projects will take off in the future as i plan them along so i will be working on that this is the infinite ammo syndicate signing off on our cheat codes unlockables discussion and i hope you really enjoyed this very much once again slap a like on the video if you really love the discussion leave a comment let me know how you feel and i will get back to you at my earliest convenience thank you once again for tuning in and enjoy. Take care.